You're listening to Surfer vs. Planet, a wave changer podcast hosted by me, Tom Wilson. Each episode features inspiring talks from the creative space where surfing and sustainability meet. I'll be talking to surfers, designers, industry experts, and original thinkers, highlighting some of the fascinating work going on here in Australia and around the world with the aim of creating a greener, cleaner, and more responsible surfing industry. Wave Changer is a program of Surfers for Climate, and you can learn more about our work at wavechanger.org and surfersforclimate.org.au. The whole team at Wave Changer and Surfers for Climate acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. I'd like to welcome Thomas Cervetti, who we're stoked to have on the podcast today. Thomas is a civil engineer who worked on various projects in Malaysia before returning to his homeland two years ago, which is France, to work full-time on Nomad Surfing in Bordeaux. As co-founder of Nomads, Thomas has pledged to make a positive impact in the surfing industry, in particular using mindful manufacturing to achieve their goals. Nomad Surfing has an impressive selection of surf equipment, including surfboard fins made from recycled fishing nets, traction pads made from recycled wine corks and flip-flops or sandals, and even a leash made from recycled seat belts and wetsuits. Thomas, welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Thomas. How's your week been? Have you been surfing or any exciting work projects happening this week? Uh, it's more exciting project than than surfing. Uh, it's been probably a, a week already that I've been to to the ocean. Uh, last time was uh, in Portugal. We actually had a, an event over there, and uh, we just came back from that. So, yeah, pretty pretty active. Lots of work. Lots of uh, Christmas even actually coming. Uh, not not so related to surfing always, but uh, yeah, always on the eco-friendly and environmental uh, matter. And you emailed me during the week to say that you're um, making a giant eco-friendly Christmas tree. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, we'll go um, probably further in that, but yeah, Nomad Surfing is definitely surfing in the brand name, but we're doing lots of different things uh just to keep the the business running and because the main purpose is uh for our sensibilization on plastic waste plastic pollution and just like you mentioned uh this event that we had was um building a a 12 meters so i'm not sure you guys using meters a pretty gigantic uh christmas tree made of three southern recycled green PET plastic bottles. So that was lots of work, but uh, yeah, super nice. We have two bikes at the bottom. Uh, Kids can bike and uh, light the star on top of it. Yeah, and look, I absolutely love what you're doing at Nomad Surfing. I've been following your journey for a few years. Um, Was this something you had planned for a while with the business or did the idea just evolve organically? um so it was it was five years ago when we started uh, nomads um i'm the co-founder with um two of my friends nicolas and uh, and basil 
uh, we were expatriated at um, at that moment. Uh, like you said, I used to work in Malaysia. This is where I met uh, Nicolas, my other co-founder is Basil, that I met through our through my studies, and he was in the Philippines at that moment. Um, at some point, we were back in France, and uh, we were we used to work in uh, in huge companies. For me, it was construction. Uh, Nicolas was in is in the aircraft like raw materials selling and um, Basil was in the food industry. So it was huge companies. You're one, one single number. You don't feel like you're making a big difference. And, and you, you feeling that the industry is kind of, um, yeah, polluting a lot of the environment. So we wanted to do something. And if we were stopping all that to, to jump on a new project, we knew it would be hard. So we had to do something fun. And that's what, that's why we choose um, something related to surfing, and we wanted to make a difference on the on the industry, on the environment. So, obviously, from the beginning, the idea was to do something eco-friendly, uh, to have a low impact on the environment. However, nothing was like from when I look at where where we were um, five years ago and what we've done and what where we are now. They they were so so much things that changed we we planned so many things we went we went through one direction then one another um we cancel one uh, we are doing things now that uh yeah we we planned but we we had to just to give an example at some point we wanted to rent surfboards we wanted to develop uh like a container where you can uh, choose your surfboards and go surfing put it back we wanted to have um different surf camps uh, um, all over the world and being sort of a tourist uh, tourist agency where you're sending people they can surf uh, at, at the same time they have a an impact on the on the project they are let's say um, in the philippines you're helping an association there you can surf in a very remote place something like that and thankfully we didn't do it because because of covid for example but you see uh, nothing was um, very clear from the beginning. We just uh, we have uh, thirty thousand ideas, and uh, and based on our energy and time, we we going to one one direction or another. Okay, that's really interesting that you talked about renting surfboards. Is that an idea that you have parked, as in like you'll do another time? Um, re renting surfboards. So there's multiple reasons to to do it at the beginning of nomads we we wanted to do everything perfect in terms of uh, production uh, selling packaging everything so over the year we had to realize that you need to to balance between what's good for the environment and what is uh, sustainable in terms of uh, business from an environmental point of view it's pretty good uh, meaning that a lot of people are surfing this board. They don't have to buy one. They can just um, get what they need at the moment. Conditions are different. Then, okay, I'll, I'll rent another surfboard. I want to try that. Okay, I'll just rent something different. So instead of having a huge quiver, everyone can can rent, rent what they need when they need. So that's that's a good thing. Uh, we are based in Bordeaux. To go, we are not actually not on the coast. One of the closest city will be Lacano. It's 120 kilometers uh, back and forth. It's not relevant for us to be uh, 
to rent surfboards because people will not rent in Bordeaux, then drive there, bring bring it back. Um, if you are if you are a renting business, then you need to be on the beach for us. Um, the guys here, he rents it in front of the spot. He goes surfing, bring it back. It's over. Um, that's for me and for us another business. People are doing it uh, in a great way. They have the perfect position location. Um, so yeah, just uh, something that we thought could be good, but uh, it's not. It's not going to be our core business. Um, what we do is usually we we rent or you can try for free or surfboard just to if you want to make sure you you're making the right uh, purchase. Every surfer has his favorite beach and the style he personally swears by. One of the tricks of the sport is to recognize the right way. With all that surf, sand, and sunshine. What would you do? No, it's a, it's a really interesting thought process because I agree with what you say. You know, as part of the circular economy, it makes sense to rent, especially if it's a local surf break. But I see that you donate five percent of your website sales to ocean-based NGOs, which is awesome. You carry out a life cycle assessment for all your products. The manufacturing is in France and Europe to reduce the carbon footprint. And your surfboards carry the gold level eco board label by our friends at Sustainable Surf. I'd like to focus on surfboards for a moment. What do you have planned for the future in terms of design and innovation, if you're happy to share any of that info? Yeah, sure. There's, uh, there's no, no secret, actually. Uh, like I was saying, we have plenty of ideas. Just it, now, it's just a matter of uh, of time and uh, energy. Um, we have ten different models of surfboards, ten different shapes, uh, from beginners to advanced surfer, longboarders as well. Um, one of the question we have and we are asking ourselves is uh, like this: this design goes are relevant for part of the surfers um, spectrum. The biggest uh, biggest surfers now are beginners. Um, not sure it's like that in Australia, but in Europe, it's uh, it's getting crazy after the COVID and even a little bit before that, everyone is kind of uh, starting or want to try uh, surfing. So the number of schools have been, is exploding and when they used to give classes only from uh, may to october now they open all year long people in the in the winter they they're still willing to take their first class with uh, with the hood gloves and everything my point is uh there's there's a huge market on um on uh, beginner surfboards and uh, yeah no nowadays we know we know few manufacturers uh, in France, but most of them are coming from Asia. Uh, it's um, it's uh, low quality surfboards. You have to, to renew the stock once a year or once every two years. So we, were, we are thinking, can we do that better with recycled materials and um, a recycling process? But um, in on the other on the other hand it's uh it's a huge project it's probably another project uh next to nomads because you need to um you probably need a factory and something like a 
half uh, half million dollar to to start with the machine and 10 people so do you want to keep nomad surfing the same way or do you want to run a factory and uh, and a staff and so on so uh, but yeah for me and the beginner be, beginners surfboards could be could be an option uh, for for us actually um other than that keeping on the let's say uh, high high level design uh, surfboard or more advanced surfer surfers we are looking at um improving our the raw materials uh, that we're using um nowadays i will just mention three three ideas or three projects that we have currently um first we are it's a it's a very low key thing at the moment but we are uh, in touch with the research uh, lab regarding a 100% recycled resin which could be a, a huge game changer um, basically using this uh, this resin on the very classical on the on normal surfboards and then at the end of the life cycle you still need to uh, tear apart the um, the foam and the the compound resin plus fiberglass and this compound you can drop it in a in a bath special bath and the resin will get back to liquid and this is where you can uh, take back the fiber and you have everything is separate again which make the recycle cycle uh, much easier so that's that's still at the R&D level, but that's that's something very promising for us. Um, we're looking at materials as well, um, something which make the recycling process easier. At the moment, we do recycle our surfboards and other surf brand surfboards. If people are bringing it back to our to a workshop, but it's a manual thing that we're doing. So we're tearing apart the, the fiber, the, the resin, and we put back the EPS foam on the side. Uh, we are able to do it because we are small. We, we're talking about a few surfboards a week or uh, months. If we, if we will be hundreds every month, then, then it's taking me too much time. And then it's not uh, it, it's not sustainable economically. So, but still, we're doing it. Um, however, if we want to bring that to larger scale, then we need the, the material and the surfboard to, to be more simple. So not, not getting into details. Uh, we're looking at wood or um, wood core or metal core for surfboards. So same thing. It's going to be testing. It's quite expensive when you want to do one or two surfboards, but, um, there were, there were, uh, trials before on that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we want to do our uh, experimentation on our side and see if, uh, if there's a potential for that. And the last thing will be, um, once again, uh, working on the keeping the, the foam blank, but getting rid of the, the fiber and the resin just, uh, just on, the dif on the different type of foam that we have been uh, looking at. That sounds really cool. I really love the idea of reversing chemistry, which you don't hear much of these days because it seems like a bit of a one-way transaction where something is made, things are combined chemically, but there's no afterthought as to how it can be reversed or undone. Um, so, yeah, congratulations on that. And um, I think it, to touch upon what you said about beginners, softboards and surfboards, 
there's a huge market here in Australia, and I imagine it's the same in the big surfing countries like the US and Japan and Brazil. You know, the the pandemic and lockdowns meant that loads of people are cycling and surfing more. And the reality, or the grim reality, is that surfboards are hardly used. They're bought, they're maybe used once or twice, and they just sit there. And, and that happened probably before the pandemic. What you're saying, Tom, is uh, really interesting regarding surfboard being used once or twice and sitting at home the the whole year. I I just think that for me nowadays we we have we tend to to own a lot of things that we don't use when uh, regarding regarding what's going on in the world. Sharing sharing things will be a lot more relevant. I'm taking a bigger example, which is uh, cars. We all own cars. Uh, I think, especially for you guys in Australia, which is a, a, a huge country, and you probably need that a lot more. Same thing in the US compared to Europe, where everything is more, um, let's say, smaller. Um, now, I'm just saying that we we own pickups and SUV, big cars, probably made for uh, trips or holidays when actually we're using them uh, most time of the year for um, for smaller s smaller trips, going to work, or just using them alone. Um, for example, it makes a lot of sense in Europe, but I think people should, we should bike more or own smaller cars. And when you need to go on a trip in the south of France, for example, with your whole family, then then it makes sense to rent a bigger car just once or twice a year it's it's a it's a matter of design we yeah we have bigger things um that we don't use for the the right purpose um same thing with like i, I can i can talk about tools that uh, we use once or twice a year we we should we could just have one and share it uh around the the, the neighborhood there's something in sydney called the um Actually, there's a few of them, but one example is called the Inner West Tool Shed, and the Inner West is a, a region in Sydney, and it's a tool shed for the local community where you pay an annual membership fee, and you can go there and use all the tools, and they've got everything on site to use, and it's like a little kind of community hub with a cafe and stuff, um, and there's a thing called the Men's Shed in Australia, and there's lots of them all over the country where retired men come together and build stuff and they share all the tools and everything that you're saying i was just nodding my head up because it's so true with cars um especially in car sharing is taking off a little bit and i think in europe do you have a zip or there's a, there's a few different car sharing companies around the oh, world yeah, yeah yeah it's not zip it's called blah blah car sharing <laughs> and you chit chat with the the people uh you say oh, I want to go from here and there and you look you look up if uh, there's someone doing it and sharing a ride and uh, yeah you can just book yeah i think it makes sense and maybe the biggest um hurdle is that people just want to own everything they want to buy something and and have that themselves but the the psychology around renting something is something that people i think have to have to change their mind about yeah it's I, I totally understand. I'm 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 like everyone else. When you own thing, when you own your car or whatever it is, it's a lot more simple. You want it? I mean, you you need to use it. Don't have to ask anyone. Mm. The sharing process, okay, it's great. However, you still have to organize yourself. You're not sure it's available, and and so on. Um, it's just that 
we grew up in a world where everyone having his own stuff was possible, but we we aiming to we're going somewhere where it's not going to be possible anymore and we need to to adapt so i'm not saying that we need to share everything all the time but maybe we can uh, little by little have doing a little bit of sharing uh, just one step after another you know i'm not saying oh okay start sharing everything it's going to be too much too much change you're gonna uh, you're not gonna like it and you're gonna drop it so but if you're just starting one after another, just like you were saying with the, the tools, it's uh, it's super, super interesting. Um, then I think it, it does make sense. Yeah. Um, just one more thing, if if I have time, uh, you guys have Decathlon, right, in, in Australia. So uh, we have this huge uh, sports store in France. I mean, it's it's French, but it's uh, it's 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 huge uh, worldwide. And I look it up. You guys have a, a few in Australia. So yeah, they you can go there and buy stuff for all different kind of, of uh, sports. Um, actually, their their motto is uh, all for sports, sports for all, and. Um, it's 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 ma- it's based in Europe, so I know what they what I'm talking about is uh, more in 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 France and probably not uh, available yet in Australia. But what they want to do now is just like you say with the tools, you pay your membership, in you have different levels, and you can go in the shop and just rent what you need. You need you need a pair of skis because it's winter. Okay, just take it and bring it back when you're over. You're going for a camping trip. All right. We have a tent for you, but just bring it back when it's over and someone will take take it. You need a backpack for a huge trip that you, you're doing. Uh, you have planned for two years and you just, it now, you just need it now. Okay, we have what you need. And you, you, this is the, the sharing process, but it's not uh, a hassle between, uh, between people of the same neighborhood. Uh, maybe it's not relevant and uh, you're not sure it's available. It's with a big brand and you share it's, you know, there's a process and so it's, it makes it a lot easier. And I think uh, those guys, it's, you, you look it up, it's huge. And uh, they are definitely in the right direction. They, they also started to, to have a second life. Um, yeah. Part of their, part of their store is selling second second life uh, uh, products like bikes, surfboards, that kind of thing. So you you want your own and uh, and new products? It's over there. If you want something cheaper, which is uh, which has been used already, it's on the other side. Did you know you could fill seven 50 meter Olympic sized swimming pools with the global total of expanded polystyrene foam used in surfboard manufacturing each year? The carbon emissions from a typical six-foot shortboard are 165 kilos of CO2. If you're interested in statistics and information like this, head over to our website, wavechanger.org, to download our latest report called The Carbon Cost of Surfboards. So just to go off on a slightly different tangent and to go back to what you're doing at Nomads, can you tell us about some of your favorite eco-friendly products that you've developed um, in terms of what they're made of and the manufacturing process. Yeah, that's uh, that's always a pleasure to to talk about our accessories. Um, we've developed fins, traction pad, and leashes that we are pretty pretty proud of. Um, they are all made in France. 
first of all, which is really uh, important for us. And they all have uh, recycled materials. They are made from upcycling. Uh, in the US, uh, Futures have done um, a collaboration with uh, Bureo on the uh, fins made of recycled fishing nets. So this, this was our first uh, accessories. I think it's manufactured in California. And um, we pretty much did the same thing with, uh, let's say, local fishing nets uh, coming from uh, the Mediterranean Sea and uh, a manufacturing process, which was uh, in France. Um, everything we've developed from fins through traction pads or leash, it's, we're not a core research center. We don't uh, develop new materials, new resin, or anything like that. What we, uh, Basin and I have an engineer, engineering uh, background. Nicolas is more of a of sales guy. And uh, what we do is uh, trying to find technologies or processes in other industry and understanding it and bring it back to surf industry if it makes sense. Um, the company we're working with to make um, traction pad made of recycled cork has been working with cork for almost 100 years. They were the leader of uh, baby, baby foot cork uh, footballs. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so oh, yeah. Oh, it's, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think we call it table football, but yeah, baby football, yeah, table? table football, the little one in the bars, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so you see, all the balls usually are made of cork. They have done that for dozens of years, and uh, yeah, we just came to them as like, ah, have you ever been working in surfing? No. Are you interested? We're looking at that. Is it something you can do? Uh, you, you and the and the, yeah, the traction pads are made eighty-five percent of recycled cork. And the, the leash we manufacture and launch uh, and launch during summer 20, 2022 uh, has is nothing special. It's not a special leash. However, it's made in France from recycled seat belts and recycled wetsuits. And uh, this is something we are really pr proud of. We using the same technology and replacing the material materials to just give a, a second life to um, to waste. It's we don't even uh, sometimes we don't even look at a product and see what what we can do. It's more like we have wastes and we are looking at what can we do with them. Um, we act, actually in a, in current discussion with board riders, which is the group who owns uh, Element, Labong, all those uh, Quicksilver, Roxy, big brand, and they have uh, a, an issue on um, like flip flop recycling. So they came to us. We also came to them because we wanted to uh, enter the shops. So anyway, it was a two-way discussion, and the flip-flops issues came to to us, to yeah, to our to our to our ears. And uh, through that, we say, okay, we we can try things. Can we have samples? And uh, we look at what we what can we do. And nowadays, um, we developed a traction pad, 100% made from recycled flip-flops. But you, we're not gonna. They have seriously. They have dozens of tons of flip flops, and we're not gonna make uh, hundred thousand of of, um, of traction pads. So we're looking at something at a bigger picture. Like surf industry is very small, but there's a lot of things to do in uh, in construction, for example, or um, let's say um, 
more uh, main main mass product, let's say yoga mat, for example. So if we can bring those flip flops and uh, develop the process to transform them in yoga mat, that will make uh, a lot more sense as well. Uh, same thing with the neoprene. Neoprene nowadays, there's a lot of things going on uh, for production. Obviously, and everyone knows about Ulex, Ecoprene, those kind of things. Uh, when you have oyster, when you have uh, natural um, rubber, that kind of things. However, doesn't matter how eco-friendly you make it. At the end of the at the end of the cycle, no one knows what to do with those wetsuits. So there's a there's a little bit of upcycling going on. So you can cut. Uh, here or there, uh, let's say a sleeve, you can uh, you can keep your your beer cold. That's awesome. However, you're not going to recycle uh, hundreds of thousands of wetsuits uh, making those uh, this kind of pro um, product. So, same thing. We are looking at how we can shred the um, the wetsuit and make new materials out of it. But once again, the idea is not to bring back this to to surfing because we're too small. But can this be uh, a compound that goes into roads, uh, a compound that um, is made for isolation in houses, this kind of thing? So I know Rip Curl is uh, is working on that a lot, and uh, yeah, we have active discussion on uh, all those kind of projects. So yeah, I'll say with Nomad Surfing, it's like I said, it was my probably my my first statement. We're not um, looking at surfing only. But the, the the issues and what what we are facing as um, let's say as a planet is is a lot wider, and we need to to bring bigger solutions. I love that way of thinking because you're right. The surfing industry is a drop in the ocean compared to uh, construction, energy, transport, agriculture. But exactly. if you can inspire people from what you're doing and i think what you're doing at nomads with local production using recycled materials instead of raw materials or virgin materials and considering the end of life um it sounds like what you're doing you're being driven by the idea of influencing everyone else not just you know not just influencing the surf industry because you can hit a ceiling with that, but if you can design something like you're doing and then influence another industry and another industry could use nomad surfing as a case study in their R and D, you know, that's, it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. I, I like to say that um, what we're doing once again is not rocket science. It's more of, um, um, I don't like the word copying, but, like I was explaining, taking an idea from another industry and bring it back to surfing. And I mean, we are three, we, we have uh, 24 hours in our day and we're doing our best uh, in this industry. But what we're showing is uh, that's possible and everyone can kind of do the same thing uh, in another industry, another something, uh, another habit or another hobby, sorry. Uh, something that is passionate about it can be sailing, can be biking. I guess uh, there's probably a lot of solution to to find out there as well. Yeah, and I think sometimes we the phrase we use is uh, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, and you can just yeah. build on what other people have done. We, we touched upon the surfing industry. What are your your current thoughts on the the surfing industry in general? Do you think it could be doing a better job? 
with its environmental impact, or do you think that we're on the right path? Can we do better or are we in the right path? But obviously, uh, Nomad Surfing can do much better. So the, the bigger players can also do a lot more. Um, going through the right path, I will say yes for the the past year that I've been in the industry. I can tell that a lot of things are moving. However, I believe we are very far from uh, where, where, where we should be. That's, uh, that's just uh, my point of view. Um, maybe maybe I'm too pessimistic. Uh, yeah, I, I just believe that um, things need to change and it's really hard to have the major player, like you say, in, not only in, in surfing, but in the, um, in the bigger industry. It's, everything is relied to, to money, to is it, um, is it sustainable? economically so industry will change when they will have to so either it will be laws and politically it will come from the politics or it can also come uh, from the bottom meaning the customers uh, but at at the moment i don't think we are shifting our model fast enough even if there's a lot of good things going on uh, you see a lot of recycling materials coming, um, like 100% recycled PET and that kind of things. But uh, we still have to keep in mind that most of the production is still made in Asia, for example. Lots of products, not talking about only surfboards, even if it's true, but textile, for example, for clothes. Um, and um, so, yeah, you might reduce the, the plastic waste using recycle, recycling, recycle, sorry, PET. However, the, the carbon footprint, the dioxide carbon emission are still very high when you're, when you're producing on the other side of the world. So, yeah, when, when you're asking me, are we in the right path? There's, there's different way, there's different things to, to, to make better. And, uh, I don't think we, we're hitting all the, all the targets at the moment. What we do in the next few years will determine the next few thousand years. The last section that we have is called Hang Five, which is five quick fire questions. And if you could give me an answer in just one or two sentences for each one. First of all, what got you interested in your environmental journey? Well, first, first of all, one or two sentences is really hard for me, but I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> So, so what brought me into my environmental journey? Um, actually, it was uh, it was food. Food. Uh, I was probably twenty, and I was uh, I always I was always doing what, what my parents was doing. I was buying the same thing, going to the same places, and uh, at some point, I was more on my own. I realized, oh, actually, uh, what's in my plate? Why do I buy that? And doing some research, I realized that there's a lot of question to ask yourself. It, it's not black or white. Um, there's a lot of options, and um, and actually this process was was uh, was relevant for everything you buy, either it's clothes, the way you you move, what you what you eat, and uh, yeah, that 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 brought me to a process of asking myself a lot of questions. It, yeah, it was not a two two sentence answer. Sorry for that. <laughs> That's okay. 
who inspires you the most from the environmental movement or the environmental world? Yeah, there's a lot of people um, inspiring me. Lots, lots of them are French. Um, that will not make a lot of sense here. However, I can, uh, I can, uh, I, I can mention uh, well, Greta Thunberg. Uh, definitely, uh, well, well known. I think she started our our strike when she was 15, and I, I'm just, uh, it, I, I admire her. The way she she has been handling everything she's she has done, uh, the commitment she has, and the, the beliefs so strong. To I mean, she she was born after. Well, once again, it's it's very long. <laughs> so yeah, Greta Thunberg and uh, I on an other style. I really like um, Paul Watson from Sea Shepherd, which is I mean, people hate him, people really love him. It's uh, it's usually one one or the other and I'm on the yeah loving part yeah yeah well that's two very good examples of people who are not scared to disrupt the status quo number three what's the coolest response to the environmental crisis that you've seen it could be a product uh, a movement just the the best thing that you've seen to combat climate change yeah I've uh, I've two things coming to my mind one is I think cool on the way, just by the way it is, it's called Air Seas. And it's actually um, a company that's trying to bring, I'd say, kite surfing into uh, marine transport. Those uh, huge uh, container vessels. You can see pictures, they're trying to, they're putting a, a huge kite on it so they can use the wind force instead of just the burning. Uh, burning oil uh, keep in mind that uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast 90% of what's in the room is coming from those uh, container vessels and the other one is uh, it's called time for the planet it's uh, it's it's a company uh, yeah I think they're a company it's a movement I will say and basically they're trying to they're made of six entrepreneurs and they they try to target great innovation to fight climate change, which are relevant, scalable, and that can be implemented right now. So usually it's uh, uh, scientists which who have amazing ideas, but they don't know how to run a business. So they, you, can, you, can be, uh, you can give funds to them, so they're building a big um, yeah, few millions fund and they give this money to those guys with a CEO, with a team. And the idea is just to take an idea which will stay in a, in a lab if it's not brought outside in a, with a business plan and everything. And uh, usually that's ideas that can uh, either um, uh, yeah, reduce carbon, carbon emission or uh, capture carbon. Yeah, that's we've got uh, a very similar movement over here with startup incubators, hackathons, and they're all born from the same kind of school as the Shark Tank, Dragon's Den type thing, where you know you get investors and business minds to help take an idea to the other level, which um, which is great because sometimes designers and material scientists don't have that business acumen, which is you know it's important to take it to the market. Mm -hmm. 
Um, a, or, if, if I can if if I can add a, a, a word on the time for the planet, I'm not sure the example you you give is the same. But the the crazy idea they have is whatever the money you give, there is zero ROI on it. There are zero return on investment. What you give is just to help um, the the project they have to to be successful. I mean the the project they have selected. The only thing you 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 can win is um, is a carbon uh, carbon credits. So whenever the the startup will be successful, it will capture carbon, and because you have in, invested in it, then you get the carbon credits of what has been captured. And as a company, it can reduce obviously your 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 own carbon footprint. But in terms of money, you give a hundred dollars, you don't get any every year or after whatever the time, you don't get any. Uh, dollars back. Wow! So you've really got to care about the environment to be doing yeah, this. Exactly. Yeah. True. 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 Right. Interesting. Um, another question, and this one's a bit different. What's your favorite marine animal? Favorite marine animal. I've been always um, like I've probably a lot of people uh, frightened as a as a child by shark, just uh, for stupid reason, watching too many horror movies. And uh, you know, when when you when you fear something, I try to to understand it and uh, to see if it's relevant or not. And uh, after watching a lot of not horror movie, but more documentary about this uh, this animal, I got more fascinated by by it. Um, realizing that it's actually a huge key player in the in the biodiversity, marine biodiversity, um, and uh, yeah, now it's uh, my fear is behind me, and uh, yeah, I realize how magnificent they are, and uh, yeah, that will be that'll be my animal. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people agree with you. Um, okay, finally, in our bid to save planet Earth, can you give? One bit of advice to inspire others to keep going. Uh, I yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a very very humble way. I'm uh, no one to to give advice advice, but uh, I will say um, I hope people can understand what's going on. So I think knowledge is uh, is really important if you're interested in uh, biodiversity, uh, cli climate change. There's a lot of resources out there and try to understand what's going on and how fast things are moving. Uh, I will, in terms of, uh, we definitely need to change our habits. We talk about it. So just an advice is uh, one step at a time. We're not going to become uh, super environmental heroes uh, next week. It, just, it will take time, obviously, but, but we need to start somewhere, wherever we at in that scale. We we, we can all improve. Um, and I will also say that everything matter. Like when you're looking at um, yeah, plastic pollution and um, global warming, uh, 1.5 degrees increase or 1.6 or 1.7 or 2 degrees, every decimal points makes a lot of a huge difference. So just to say that every single action counts. So whatever you can do, it's 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 gonna be it would be great. Yeah, look, that's great advice. Hey Thomas, thank you so much for the great chat. Keep continuing to innovate and inspire, and we're looking forward to following the journey of Nomad Surfing. And if um, if anyone listening wants to check out your work, 
The website is nomads-surfing.com. And on Instagram, it's nomads underscore surfing. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Tom, for, for your time as well, for this awesome podcast and um, for bringing some light on our, on our work. We have been following you guys as well for, for a long time. And uh, we are super happy that people are actually working uh, in this area, trying to combining all those data. And I mean, we're doing, we, we're doing what we can in France, but we don't know what's going on in the US or in Australia. And, and you guys are able to somehow connect all of us in the in the surf industry and and further than that so thank you thanks for listening and remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode if you'd like to support our work at wavechanger head over to our website at wavechanger.org and we hope you'll consider buying a membership for our wavechanger club which features giveaways entries into our monthly draw with amazing prizes and access to a bunch of great discounts from our partner brands Your support allows us to expand our impact and make an even bigger difference to safeguarding our planet. See you next time.